my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project UP, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hi, everyone, and thank you for taking part in Ocean Waves today. Uh, we're actually going to be diving into weather uh, and how that's affecting global shipping patterns in general. Uh, in a recent UN study on climate change, uh, they really dove into rising temperatures and the amplification of extreme weather patterns that have come from that. Uh, the unfortunate part of that study was there's there's really no turning back at this point. Uh, it's something that is going to continue to affect uh, weather patterns. And unfortunately, as, as temperatures continue to rise, will become an issue that is more common and something that our supply chains are going to have to learn to be resilient and uh, productive around. Um, that's why I have with us today from Four Kites, Glenn Kepke. He is the Senior Vice President of Customer Success. And they've recently actually released a study uh, diving into how recent hurricanes and typhoons have you know, affected their customers' supply chains. So I figured this would be a, a perfect time for us to go over that and dive into how shippers and, and customers can focus on being proactive in these weather conditions and, and build up very strong supply chains to make sure that we can continue to you know, ship goods across the globe without issue. Uh, Glenn, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Grace. It's good to see you as always. Thank you so much. Same with you. And, you know, I really love to dive into uh, overall what you've noticed and weather patterns, um, especially with hurricane season uh, making its way and Texas dealing what it, with what it has been over the last, honestly, I feel like the last couple of years has been constantly hit by some type of of, of weather pattern uh, hurricanes. And then we have typhoons clearly affecting us in Asia as well. Um, where have you seen a lot of your customers struggling to, to deal with these, these storms and, and what type of, of um, issues have you been able to help them through in regards to that? Yeah, so I think, so I've been in the logistics industry for about 20 years. And so you know, I think the, the one thing that is very prevalent uh, over the last five or so, it's just the extreme nature of a lot of these events, right? I mean, hurricanes have been around for obviously generations, but one of the things that we continue to see is just extreme weather events in regions that historically haven't had it. So to your point, kind of Texas, it, it doesn't feel like it was I don't know, eight months ago in February, but uh, that was a tough time for uh, not just the, the road freight market, but the ocean export and import market, right? You can't bring in containers from uh, Louisiana or Houston, uh, if the, the ports are shut down and no different, you can't get containers to the port to, to get them out. And so, you know, from my observation, what we're seeing is more extreme events around the world. Uh, I was in Ireland when, you know, they had the first hurricane in, in 50 plus years. And so these are things that uh, are happening. Um, disruptions are always there, right? And so when I think of, you know, what are customers and shippers and BCOs facing right now is, we're all used to some level of disruption. I think the challenge that we've been faced with lately is, you know, you've had the typhoons in uh, China and Taiwan, uh, you've had Hurricane Ida, you've had wildfires, you've had extreme snowstorms. And a lot of that, just the continued trickle effect that it has 
from one event to the next, coupled with COVID, general capacity issues have really put uh, shippers and BCOs uh, in a tough spot. So, you know, what we see companies doing is really creating a, a focused disaster recovery plan and really thinking about their network right now and how do I manage this? Because it's not going to go anywhere, right? And it goes of us that have been in the industry. We know that there's no just one-off exception, right? It could eventually uh, happen again. And so uh, networks are being impacted. The The nature of these events aren't going away. Uh, and it is causing a lot of disruption in their network, which is already fragile uh, in its current state. Yeah. And it's, you know, even to bring up Texas, it's interesting because a lot of times, especially right now with how bad LA is getting, you know, with the uh, dredging of the Panama Canal, you know, we've been able to create this alternate route, but now even this alternate route is being disrupted by, you know, mother nature. There's nothing that we can really do about that. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how we have these congestion in certain areas and certain ports that are also like doubling down on the fact of areas that, you know, they can't reroute to. And um, I think it's, like you said, it's important that we're, we're building this uh, infrastructure, working with carriers that work in, in all types of, of ports and locations in order to reroute when we need to, knowing that this problem isn't going away. Um, what I think is really great too, Glenn, is you know, you at Fork Heights, you have this predictive weather intelligence tool, which I think is kind of interesting. Can you describe that a little bit more and, and how you're using that technology to manage master, natural disaster logistics? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you think of Fork Heights and for those that aren't familiar, so we specialize in real-time visibility, uh, all modes and all regions of the world. And you know, our, our value prop is to really understand uh, and predict what's gonna happen, right? So you think about how do we predict the unpredictable? Uh, weather events do have common patterns. Uh, it, it does impact dwell time, uh, it impacts regions, it impacts capacity, transit times, all these things. And so one of the things that we've done is look at historical weather patterns and understand what the impact is on certain routes, how carriers behave, how sites behave. And then we incorporate that into our machine learning algorithms that really help predict the ETA of a shipment. So when you think of you know, a black swan type event like the Suez Canal was, although it wasn't weather related, that's an example where our algorithms are taking that into account and we can forecast revised ETAs based on these types of disruption. So when you think of our end user, supply chains are inherently delayed at times. And there are times that it is a huge issue. There's times that it's not an issue, right? And when it's not an issue is if my, if it's a raw material shipment, let's say I built in, you know, three days of slack that as long as it delivers within that three day window, I'm okay. But if it's going to come after, I'm going to be in serious challenges, right? I might be in a line down scenario. And so, you know, our predictive weather intelligence, it allows our customers to keep operating, whether it's their inbound raw materials to their production plants. Uh, their intercompany shipments or to their end customers as well. It could be to a retailer, uh, it could be to any type of end customer. And so that weather intelligence is really uh, baked into our uh, estimated time of arrival, which then anchors around the use cases that people are using visibility for on a daily basis. You know, my time in brokerage, it's, it's interesting because uh, I think it's a important for care or shippers to have this type of tool um, because there are times where I think sometimes carriers take advantage of knowing that these uh, weather 
uh, events are happening. So it's great that you're able to create that visibility and that predictive tool down to like the very day. Cause there are times where, you know, carriers understand, Hey, people know that there's a hurricane coming this way, or they know that there's a storm coming this way, or that, you know, there's a, a backup in a certain area and a port. So they, they kind of take advantage of that. So it's, it's great for shippers to have that type of, um, transparency so that they know, okay, this is what this rate should be today. This is what is occurring right now. And I think sometimes when we talk about visibility, it's, it's often just like, uh, used as like in a tracking type of, uh, of way, right? Like I want to know where my shipment is now. And I think what's great about four kites is you're able to create, uh, these extra tools off of that visibility and you're able, you're able to predict, what your shippers can do. And that's the important piece of visibility is not just, you know, knowing where something is in the supply chain, but being able to predict how you should move something within a supply chain to avoid any type of disruption, to avoid, um, you know, if you look at something like uh, the the oil issues we've had, right, with the, the shutdown um, due to the cyber attack, right? Like, um, sometimes if you don't have that visibility, that predictability, then you have this rush of people going to gas stations when it isn't even necessary, right? Like everything was fine. And that's because of predictive tools and, and, and things of that nature that can help people, you know, guide whether or not, hey, is this affecting my supply chain? At what level is it affecting my supply chain? And, and how can we move around that? I do think, you know, maybe just to, to layer onto that, yeah, the days of like, where's my truck are I think long gone invisibility. That was kind of where we were. But, you know, I was just talking to a customer an hour ago and, you know, the comment is like, I really love the Amazon-like experience. It gives me the confidence. And it's not just on-time pickup or on-time delivery, right? It's it's dwell and detention management. Uh, it is just overall demurrage, right? Obviously the topic of ocean waves, you think of demurrage and the fees that are associated with that. If I have containers that have inventory sitting at it at a port, uh, or at rest somewhere, how do I know about that and how do I take action? And so when you think of how the visibility market, especially the Forkites uh, business model has matured, yes, it was very centered around truckload historically, but now you look, you know, we're multimodal, we're global. And as shippers evolve, this concept of, of true multi-leg shipments are key, right? So if I have an inbound shipment from that's Trans-Pacific eastbound, how do I make sure that I understand what's going to happen with the ocean leg and it may miss, you know, the cutoff to the ramp for the rail shipment and this trickle effect. And historically, and still to this day, many companies try and manage it with people in spreadsheets. It just blows my mind. And, you know, we're in 2021 and there is a lot of great information, you know, that's publicly available on the web. But there are so many more effective ways that our critical users and supply chain can be leveraged. And so it's awesome to see companies go through that experience uh, with Forkites and their journey and many have evolved, you know, beyond uh, ocean into air, into courier, uh, in other modes as well. And so when you think of that business impact, yeah, visibility is is beyond the tracking side. It's it's inventory, it's dwell. Um, the big thing now, I think, we'll, and we'll continue to see this elevate, especially driven by the European market, is just sustainability, right? Just the, the topic that we're talking about is severe weather events. And a lot of what ties into that is sustainability. And so that will continue to be a focus, but I think it's going to be significantly elevated here over the next five years uh, in the U.S., EMEA, and APAC as well, just given how global we are. Yeah, and that sustainability, it's, it's interesting, you know, 
it, I feel like the industry's changed so quickly. If you went back, like even two or three years ago, right? Um, if you were, if you were even going to send a carrier or try to manage around um, uh, the ports, and within a week of a hurricane, carriers would just say, like, nope, gonna like avoid it in general, like. What's the sustainability of that business model? It's abs- It's not good for the shippers. It's not good for the end consumer. And as much as the carrier wants to believe it, it's definitely not good for them to just be sitting on the side of the road uh, for a couple of days to a week because they're fearful of when that is going to land, when that's going to affect the ports, when the ports are going to close down. And now working with providers like yourself, you're able to say, hey, no, listen, our predictive tools show that you're going to be able to get in and out of there just fine within this 24, 48 hour span. And you don't have to worry about spending the whole week of of dealing with that backup. And that might seem small, but I think people don't understand the trickle effect of that, right? Like if you have carriers waiting a whole week for a 24 hour weather weather pattern to go away, um, that's going to hold up a lot when it comes to getting it to the next warehouse, getting it unloaded, getting it to your store shelves. So it's really great that we're able to get that type of visibility when it comes to these patterns, because we're not going to be able to sit around, especially in this type of market, uh, waiting for those those clouds and, and for that rain or with that weather pattern to, to go away. Um, so I'm interested from your point as well, you know, dealing with carriers coming in and out of these areas. Um, like what suggestions do you usually give your customers and and order to build up a resilient network of carriers during those times. Yeah. So I think, you know, the, in the moment is a good learning lesson, right? So, you know, I think for those that have been in the industry long enough, know that if you're trying to solve the long-term problem right now, you're going to be in a world of hurt, right? The, the way I always explain it, you know, it's like the friend is a kid that only calls when I've got a problem, right? It's like, Hey, I need help. And it's like, where have you been? I've, I've been through a lot of stuff in my life. And so, you know, a lot of this, you know, my recommendation to shippers, uh, to 3PLs and carriers, is it starts with planning, right? We know when hurricane season is. Uh, we don't know where it's going to impact, when or how. We know that capacity is going to be volatile. I mean, gosh, it's been so volatile uh, the last year and a half, two years. Same thing with pricing as well. Is you've got to use these events to learn, understand, and motivate. But you know, it first starts with planning, right? Making sure that you've got a diversified carrier base. And when you think of, if you only rely on an asset network, it can be very hard when disasters happen because they don't have the flexibility to find niche or regional carriers that may be in market. And so having a balanced carrier portfolio that includes asset, asset light, and brokers is key. Uh, and you can't just view it as, hey, there's an event going on, I'll pay up and you know I'll solve that problem. The, the market and the capacity is so constrained right now that although there is a pay-to-play element, the reality is, is that you know carriers, whether it's an asset, asset light, or broker, what they really want is a consistent partner, right? And so, yes, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And so really it comes up with that planning uh, element. And so that's one key component. The other side is just the overall network, right? It's not just a transportation uh, scenario because transportation is a byproduct of where are my suppliers, where are my customers, you know, where are my manufacturing plants? And so it's really important to, I always advise like every three to five years, especially now with COVID, how networks are changing, you've really got to look at your network map and where in your supply and demand is coming from, understand risk, 
whether it's financial, geopolitical, uh, weather, uh, capacity, and, and these types of things to understand where is my network volatile and then how do I best mitigate that risk? And what we see is, you know, specific to, to weather and uh, ocean capacity and then road freight capacity as well as companies will build up safety stock prior, right? These are things that are controllable. Uh, you can build up safety stock in forward deployment DCs uh, or in pop-up DCs. And although the warehousing space is extremely crunched for capacity, the companies that are investing in this are, are really looking at their end customers to make sure that they're able to be viewed as a reliable partner. And so, you know, that carrier plan's key, the network plan is, is also critical as a part of it. And then making sure that in the moment, it all comes down to communication, right? I think one of the great things that will come out of COVID with consumers is that it is okay to broadly communicate that a supply chain issue is why your product isn't available, right? When I think of five years ago, I remember I walked into a grocery store and they didn't have any produce. And there was a sign that said, you know, due to unforeseen circumstances, you know, we unfortunately don't have produce. And all the consumers at the time were freaking out, right? And that was unheard of. But in this present day, especially with the holidays coming up, I think consumers are going to be uh, more understanding of these situations. And so you've got to communicate to your partners, your carriers, and your customers through, through a trying time. Definitely. And that's, you know, that's the thing about mother nature. You, you, sometimes she behaves in ways that you don't know. And, and that's, that's why I was really happy to have you on for this discussion and, you know, overly concerned when I did see that report from the UN, because I think it was 14,000 studies combined into one. And, and really what that said is, you know, we need to kind of get used to this. It's going to be something we're going to see more. It's what we're going to see more frequently. And, you know, I think clearly the pandemic was something that was unforeseen. Well, guess what? That's what that report was for. It was to tell so this is no longer unforeseen. People need to start planning and people need to be proactive. And you guys are a perfect guest for us to get to have on today to talk about that. So thank you so much, Glenn. I appreciate your help and uh, I look forward to having you on events here in the future as well. Thanks for everything you do. Love having uh, me on as a guest and uh, keep up the great work.